Welcome to College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast focused on NCAA collegiate soccer, featuring SMU head women's coach Chris Petroselli and Old Miss head women's coach Mad Mod. You can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends. Now let's go to Coach Petroselli and Coach Mod. Welcome in, College Soccer Nation. My name is Matt Mott, one of the co-hosts of the show. We've got a fantastic show tonight set up for you. I'm excited to be back on the air on Monday night. And Chris, I want to welcome Chris Petroselli, our co-host. Chris, how are you doing on this fine Monday afternoon? I'm uh, ready and raring to go, Matt. I'm uh, as excited as I can be about College Soccer Nation. should be a, a great show. Um, I think we're headed headed down the right track here, so it's it's going to be a good one. So <laughs> Yeah, so I want to early on talk about our host real quick, or our host, I mean our, our, um, the, our interviewee, our guest, right? So Nicole Nelson is our, uh, is our guest. She is a former coach. She is a professor. She's an entrepreneur. She is all kinds of things, but she was also um, an assistant coach with you at Texas, and uh, I was an assistant with her, and we had some great times at Texas, and now she has blossomed off into doing a number of different things so i'm looking forward to chat with her she's a, obviously a very close friend to you and i and uh, it'd be fun to chat with nelly here later uh, later in the show it, it it should be and 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 she'll be fantastic i'm sure um but i, I want to um when you come up with blossomed off like is that even a term <laughs> blossomed off that sounded good. That sounded good. No, doesn't work. That doesn't work. I like it. It's a word, yes, it. but I don't know if it's a term. Well, she like you know took off and, okay. and went and saw the world. No. Um, hey, I'm gonna right. ask you something. I got yeah. something for you. I got okay. something for you. Um, so as we continue to uh, kill it on the download uh-huh. uh, area, right? Yep. I noticed we got a new country. We're up to 24 oh. countries now. Okay. The Faroe Islands. Okay. Where is that? That was going to be my question for you. I want you to oh. guess where the Faroe Islands are. Well, my first thought was south, south, like down by Spain or somewhere like that. Does that work? Is that right? Is that what you're going to go with? I'm going to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is uh, north. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. It is between Norway and Iceland. Really? How about that? So I could have been farther off, really, almost. Unless I was in Brazil or something. Yeah. yeah. I'm terrible at geography. My, my wife gets mad at me how how uh, um, directionally challenged I am. Uh, geography, awful. Awful. Yeah. I knew you'd be bad at it. That's why I asked. Yeah, yeah I know you set me up. So I got some for you, Chris. <laughs> yeah. So I think interesting, real interesting. We had a, a game this past week that, you know, was um, – important i think and, and interesting to the to the college soccer nation um friends where we had the uh, derby with samford versus etsu now people hear that and say what's so big about that well todd yelton is a coach at at samford who's the picker who's been on the show and his brother longtime assistant um is now the head his longtime assistant at samford is now the head coach at etsu so they squared off yesterday in a conference game so they're both in the same conference and I just got to think it was terrible. Talking to Todd after, um, he's like, it's like the worst worst game to have to play, which I could see that. So my question to you is, you have two sons, yeah. you know, Nikki and Andrew, both in the profession, both yeah. both you know headed into being coaches or coaching right now. Or I know uh, um, Nikki is down with, with Barnes at Miami. So 
how would that be for you? And what do you think how the game would go if they were at some point head coaches in the same league squaring off against each other? It'd be painful. I mean, as a parent, it would be brutal. I mean, I, I don't know if you'd, you'd want to even watch it because you know, someone, you know, at the end, someone's going to be hurt, you know, and, and it's, it's one of the reasons why we've talked about this before. Like, I don't enjoy playing against friends like right. I, I, you yeah. know, because at the end, either you're pissed because your team lost or, or they're, they're not feeling too good because their team lost. And I think as a parent, it would be, it would be worse. And as brothers, I think it would be really, really hard um, to, to really enjoy a victory in that situation. And that, I'm sure that's the, probably the sentiment you got from Todd. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely difficult. And I think, um, you know, Jay took over a program that needs a lot of work and he's the right guy to do it. And I think, you know, he's going to get it up and rolling. I think they're going to have great battles yesterday. wasn't one of those, but I think they right. will have great battles as they go. But I would say like you, you always talk about like, um, you know, we, as, as coaches, we're talking about like sisters playing against each other. Right. Or, yeah. or brothers, yeah. whatever, as, as players. And I don't feel like yeah. that has the same bite as a coach. I, I really don't. No, like, I don't I, think it does either. Luckily, neither yeah. one of my brothers are, are coaches, but I think it would be awful, to be honest. That so, would be Especially awful. in a conference. That like, that's even worse. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. but um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I thought it was interesting. So For sure. All right. We ready to uh, the big – oh, wait, Power 5 this week. Power 5, good Power 5. This was Chris's idea. I liked it. Uh, uh, 1980s movies. So from 1980 – to 1989 top movies that we haven't already mentioned on the show correct chris yep correct correct now also matt um let's not skip by the the uh questions people have written in you asked for oh questions. that's right oh that's right my bad that's right I apologize. you asked for questions and we have people I did. written in we have yeah. questions so you ready i got one for you you okay we'll this start with comes... that then i have one for you okay this comes from karen from alabama okay uh -huh. <laughs> she wants to know <laughs> Why do people refer to you as Rico? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so I went to college with a group of guys from Boston. Uh, uh -huh. And there was a baseball player in Boston in the 70s named Rico Petroselli. So immediately, that's how they referred to me. So anybody who knows me from my college days still calls me Rico. That's why you had, for example, Eddie uh calling me rico so um and and that name really stuck i mean in all, all through college and and then again with you know people with any connection to to my time in college um that name stuck with me so and it was uh you know it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a kind of thing where it was like you know those guys were from boston and i was a yankee fan and they gave me like a, a red Sox yeah. name or something like yeah that. yeah that's what i, I thought at all. you started seeing it no yeah no oh. it just it, it just was you know, for them, that's what they identified with right away when when they met me. So that's what we went with. Um, I don't I don't mind it. I think it's uh, um, it's a fair it's a fair nickname. Yeah, but okay but not, I, I got an issue with it, Chris. I got to be honest. With you. I got an issue with it only because you're such a huge Yankees fan and hate Boston so bad. I'm surprised you accepted it to be being well, called sorry, as Matt, a Boston fan. <laughs> I, I don't I don't care. I, for I it, apologize. I, yeah, you should. You should. You shouldn't like it. It's like I won't step foot in Fenway's. Fenway Park. I know it's this, yeah. you know, big, huge, great, you know, history, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm a Yankees fan. I ain't going to Boston. Okay. All right. But anyway, I'm surprised I, at you. I'm surprised a little bit, to be honest. Sorry, Matt. I started to disappoint you. 
Sorry. This <laughs> yeah, it won't um, be the last. It won't be the last time. <laughs> All right, I got one for you. Okay. okay. This one comes from Aubrey in Dallas, Texas. All right. Okay. Um, what advice would you give to a young coach? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say to a young coach, I think this is really important. You have to, when you're starting out, do all the tasks that nobody wants to do. Show your worth by how hard you work, kind of what doing the things no one else wants to do. You know, I had uh, Mike Melton, who is now at the Naval Academy, was a manager uh, and wanted to get into coaching. And here's an example. If we had an ID camp and it started at eight o'clock, he was here at 630 getting the field set up, getting everything done. You know, Biebs is, a you know, our volunteer coach. He is here around the clock um, doing everything that no one wants to do to prove your worth. I think you could ask Karen when I started with her way back when I was shagging balls. I would do anything and everything, especially when it comes to the stuff, you know, the coaches don't want to do, or you can get it set up for the coaches. Um, I can't tell you the last time I set up a field, put a cone down because Biebs has it all done for us before practice. So I think doing that Good. is going to show your worth to the, the head coaches and the, the coaches above you. And I think it's important. Yeah, I think what do you think? Enough. What's your answer? What's your answer? I would say uh, two things. Um, one, check your ego and control your emotion. Um, I think that, that um, many times young coaches think that you know, it's a lot about them and what they do and how they impact the team and, and things like that. When, when we all know that, you know, the players are, are, are the focal point and, and, and the stars of the show and, and we're just sort of bit players in it. Um, and there's too many, too many times you hear coaches talking about I, 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 you know, I want you to do this or I want you to do that. And I think the teams like to hear we, you know, and, and I think players like to hear we for sure. And, and then the emotion part of it is you just to try to control your emotion as, as much as you can, because the game gets emotional. Um, people get emotional when it comes to winning and losing and competitive and, and that kind of thing. And I think, um, you know, sometimes the emotion, the emotion piece can get you in some trouble and, and put you in situations where, you know, you're not thinking. Right. And, and one of the most important things for a coach, especially as the game is going on, is to continue to think. You know, what can I do next? How can I help? And that sort of thing. So for me, it would be those two things. Check your ego, control your emotion. I got one more. I got another one. Okay. The other thing I would say to any young coach is go get your licenses as much as you can. Yeah. I know they're not fun all the time. I know it's expensive and all that stuff, but the more licenses you can have, the more you're going to prepare. And then I guess one last thing is a networking piece, right? Like yeah. go out, meet people, work other people's camps, just really try to get better because you're, we're always learning. I mean, I'm obviously stealing still stuff from you, Chris, all the time and Brian and everybody else. Like you have to continue to evolve. And, and um, I think it's important, but I think, you know, it's, it's a fantastic profession. And, and I think if you have the passion for it, it's a certainly a great job. Awesome. Yeah. Good. That was Any good. More? No, that was good. Yeah. That was good. To add. All right, good. Uh, we ready for him? Let's bring him in. All right. We want to welcome in the big deal is back with us again. Brian Lee, Brian, have you had a good week? How are you? Any advice for young coaches, Brian? Well, let me start with this. They should listen to this podcast because I, <laughs> I, I thought in episode 24, you guys have peaked on the intro. That was outstanding. Oh, 
Okay. Uh, start to finish. I cannot wait for the Power Five. Let me let me start with this before we get to advice for young coaches. Power Five, 1980 movies, straight John Cusack. <laughs> Better Say off anything? dead. Say anything? Better off dead. Lane Meyer, almost named my son Lane Meyer Lee. I tried to sneak it past my <laughs> wife. She didn't, I didn't tell her why. It was Lane Meyer or Loudon Swain Lee, and she would go for neither. Loudon Swain from Vision Quest. She's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Those are terrible. Oh, that's a good movie. Oh, Vision it's a fantastic Quest. movie. Oh, yeah, but you could do straight 1980s, John Cusick, and have, he's in 16 Candles. Stand by me. Is he say, say anything? He say he is saying yeah. anything, yeah. And hold Fantastic. on, he was he was in uh, he was in Stand by Me, John Cusack. Yeah, he was one of the kids in Stand by Me. How about, How about that? Remember the Sure Thing? Yeah, yeah. I don't know that one. I, I know. only know this. He's my favorite actor. So. Really? All right. He, he is my favorite actor. How many, now, how, many, how many Oscars has he won? Probably zero. Is he yeah, ever I don't think nominated? He's ever been nominated. <laughs> <laughs> he needs. He needs the age of the people doing the nominations to be around our age, 1980s movies. (laughs) Best era of movies ever. All right, advice. uh, Advice for a young coach. I uh, I thought y'all's advice was fantastic. It was perfect. Um, I would add two things. Find a mentor who you trust and who you can emulate to some degree. Mm -hmm. And then, and, and make sure you find a good mentor who's headed, you know, got you headed in the right direction. And uh, number two, steal everything you can, but when you present it to your team, coach with your own personality and put your own yeah. twist into everything. I think that's, don't try and impersonate somebody else, get get your stuff and then put your own twist into it and your own personality. Uh, and if you do that, you can be unique a little bit and hopefully relate to players in a different way than most. So, uh, but great segment, including the Yelton Derby. Yeah. Which, which, while we get into college soccer, it's hot Twitter time, right? Instagram, here's the highlights from the game. Yeah. The Yelton Derby, I'm sure it was a fantastic game. I have an issue sometimes with how we present things on Twitter. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. <laughs> the, and we all do it, and it's like, oh, greatest goal ever. So yeah. Sanford scored a couple goals. They posted on Twitter, and I'm just, I don't know her name, so I'm use Sally. Sally moves for space and creates a little space for herself and bangs it in the corner. Well, God bless her. She stood in the box while the ETSU kid whiffed the clearance and it came straight (laughs) to her. So she passed it in. She wasn't moving for space. She was behind a defender who whiffed it. But Uh, yeah, that was, that one was rough. That's college soccer Twitter right now. We got guys who don't know anything about soccer posting Twitter highlights (laughs) with catchphrases. They they should, they should, they should listen to the podcast too. At the end, they get Matt's coaching cliches and put them on the Twitter highlights. That's right. That's right. All right. We ready, Brian, for some recaps? Yeah, let's do this. Big 10. Everybody just ties each other. That's what happens in the Big 10, right? <laughs> oh, man. Peyton Rutgers are shakily at the top, but everything else is a tie, it seems like. It's like they're intentionally trying to annoy the NCAA committee and either get everybody out of the tournament discussion or get everybody in the tournament discussion. I don't know which one. Yeah. But it's just tie after tie. Someone has a good result. They have a bad result. Yeah. It's it's yeah. brutal to get a gauge on. Yeah. Pac-12. A lot happened in the Pac-12. Uh, UCLA up to eight. No, they continue to roll. Stanford's coming back to life a little bit. They got a win over Washington. And then Washington rebounded yesterday with a win over Cal. ASU's still undefeated. Arizona State at 5-0-2. 
And USC is in guys, a little bit of uh, trouble with their second let me loss. Stop now. you real quick for there for a minute, Chris. Uh, Chris, Arizona State. Um, I was watching the end, and, and Oregon State had really kind of pounded them in the game. Shots were like fifteen to three or something, like eleven to one were corners. Arizona State gets on a break, and uh, their kid plays a absolute brilliant ball. Did yeah. you see the ball? Yeah, and then the kid finished it really well too. But yep. unfortunately for Oregon State, they had two two defenders high, and two defenders yep. back, and all out of shape. But the ball they played, man, that was a great ball. That was at that point in the game. So yeah. anyway. I mean, so they, yeah, they're finding ways to win, Arizona State. They're finding ways to win. They're hanging in there. And, and, and I think USC's in a little trouble after now their second loss of the loss to Utah, who looks to be towards the bottom of that league. So how are you feeling about the Pac-12 at this point? Uh, UCLA seems to be the class of the group, and I'm not one who's going to bet against Stanford to lose another game, maybe before they play. UCLA, they seem to have sorted out their issues. That, that next little tier that maybe Washington heads right now, you know, uh, includes Arizona State. They're unbeaten. You know, one of the things with Arizona State is they do have the big-time finisher in Douglas, the English girl up front, mm-hmm. that is going to give you the chance in a game where you get outplayed. She only needs one chance to get the goal. Um, they're in the mix. There's the two or three teams at the bottom. It's like you said with Southern Cal, you know, probably the number one things the mid-level teams in that league need to do is not le- lose to one of the teams that's going to end up at the bottom. You know, yeah. and right now that looks like the Utahs, maybe the Oregon teams eventually fade back to there. Um, but that's it. Mean, that's a tough, tough league to have limited non-conference games for everybody. Uh, Arizona hey. State kind of took advantage, got a couple in, helped the record. I yeah. have a question for you. What are they doing with Washington State as they're on pause? Or when they come off pause, does anybody know what's going to happen with? <laughs> I've not heard a thing about them. Washington State. Yeah. 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 But they're not going to have time to make them up, right? And there's you no way. Imagine. I don't. Yeah, I don't no. see it unless they're going to play some midweeks, and even at that, I don't know if they'll get them in. So uh, that'll be interesting to see how they handle. Because they're playing two a weekend, how can you play a midweek yeah. if you're? True. You know. That's true. That's true. Um, some other results around the country that stand out: Santa Clara is a big win over BYU that you know puts them in the driver's seat in their league. Uh, Oklahoma State with a good win over North Texas, playing a man down for. You know, they went into overtime, so over 90 minutes, I believe, they were man down. How about this one? Division two, Dallas Baptist beats LSU. Um, I don't know the last time we've, we've seen a, a Division two team beat a, a Power Five team. And then LSU turns around and, and beats Florida a couple of days later. And Brian had the, uh, the quote of the weekend for me. What would DBU do to Florida if they played them? <laughs> right after, after the results with LSU. <laughs> and, then, um, and then, you know, this one is um, maybe not as, uh, not as clear, but, you know, Kansas, Kansas, who for me was a, a bubble team going into it, a tie with Kansas State, that may totally knock them out. So uh, those are the ones that, that stood out for me. Any of those um, have any meaning for you, Brian? Well, obviously the Santa Clara over BYU is just a huge result for Santa Clara. You know, that's got to, even if they drop a WCC game down the stretch, you, um, you know, that's a league that traditionally doesn't have the tournament. So that probably books Santa Clara in the auto. BYU is going to be just a fascinating one to deal with. They've looked great. They've only lost to very good teams, but now they're going to run out of games where they could have a win. Yeah. or post a quality result, and they're highly unlikely to get the auto bid. The, the Oklahoma State, what a, Colin, what a great job of scheduling, number one, to get North Texas and St. Louis. 
back-to-back weeks. And number two, uh, to get results against them both on the road and overtime. Um, but a really important result for all of the bubble teams because had North Texas won that game, all of a sudden they're a real at-large candidate if they get beat in the conference tournament. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's highly doubtful they lose a conference game down the stretch here before the tournament, which in Conference USA is going to be three games in five, six days. That's tough for everybody. So a, really a huge result for every bubble team, and that's the one that just locked them in. I think you can count Oklahoma State, barring disaster down the stretch. They're locked in, and that Kansas result's got to got to push them out of bubble consideration. So that leads me into uh, a piece that I want to call Brian's Brackets. So this will be uh, Brian's opinion and only Brian's opinion, right? No, no one else's opinion, only Brian's opinion on what the bracket, the NCAA bracket looks like at this point, who he believes is in, who he thinks has more work to do, who has played their way out. Uh, so Brian, go for it. I, wait, Chris, before you go there, I'm going to go ahead and mute my line so I don't have to listen to this go on and on about this. So I'm going to go ahead and mute out. Well, Just give me a wave when you're back on. I'll turn it back this, on. Matt, Matt, he loves this. He, is, he does so love it. Oh, God, he loves well, it. here's what I'm going to say about this. Sometimes stuff, you spout some things. So say I spout to Chris 30 teams. Hey, these yeah. teams are all, you know, kind of in the mix. Sometimes you could have a friend who like throws back, hey, one of those 30, I told blah, 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 that one team. Well, gee, I just listed 30 of them. Of course, you can argue with one of them. If you're arguing with one of them, it's like me and Joe Lenardi last night. The guy got how many? 67 how did, out how of 68. Do? He, he missed one. I was wondering that. He missed one? He missed one, yes. But it was his. I think he missed one. It, and it, the Wichita State got in and they were his 69th team. So. Yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty good. By yeah, well, pretty maybe good. you can do as well. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe because this is what I think we hear all the time. Oh, this is so hard. It's how can we pick these teams? We haven't played enough games. <laughs> this is going to be the hardest thing in the world for the committee. Uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then you look at it. And in the end, it's really, really easy. Yeah. A bunch of us get delusional because easy, we look at the schedule. Easy you're going with with the 19. Let him go. Let 19. him go. Okay, sorry. Let it is, I'm going on mute. I'm going on mute. I'm going on mute. It is easy to narrow it and then take a deep dive into the five, six teams you got left. And, you know, obviously it's always going to be, if there are 19 bids when it ends, team 20 and team 19 going to be close, but not much more than that. It, you know, it, so, okay. So here's where I think we are. You have 19 at-large bits. Is that correct? As of today? Yeah. Or is it 18? All right, 19. So eight teams I think you could call locks. Let's say Big 12 auto bid is TCU. Oklahoma State is in. The work-to-do teams on the bubble in the Big 12, West Virginia. Chris, if you want to argue with me, you can throw anybody no, out. I Kansas. think that's fair. I think they. I, I think they have, you know, they've got Virginia coming up, so... I think twice, so they, they have they have a chance. Yeah, I think West Virginia wins one of their last three. They've got you know good teams down the stretch. They're going to be in. ACC, Auto, Florida State. UNC, Duke, Locks. Work to do, NC State, Virginia, Clemson. Virginia, Clemson, not a whole lot, but they, you know, they certainly don't need to stub their toe on the way in. Yep. SEC, Vanderbilt got the auto. Arkansas, A&M, South Carolina, pretty clearly. Work to do, Ole Miss, Landsharks. Back yeah. 12, UCLA looks like the winner. 
I'm going to take a leap of faith and say one of the most dominant teams over the last 10 years is not going to stub their toe a couple times down the stretch. And I'll just give Stanford the benefit of the doubt. It took a weekend to get rolling. Um, if they're super upset, they can send their B team down to Houston and we'll take them if, uh, <laughs> if they're really struggling. Um, and then work to do the, the Pac-12 is one of the ones that's just so wide open right now. It's along with the Big Ten. You get Washington, Washington State, Arizona, Arizona State, Southern Cal, Colorado. I think Oregon could probably still be in that list right now if you wanted. Um, but those teams are going to beat each other. The results will rise up just playing the conference games. A couple of them will eliminate themselves. A couple will be left. Same thing in the Big Ten. Penn State, Rutgers look like the auto slash lock, but certainly going to get two teams out of there. And then you could put almost everybody on the work to do. Iowa doesn't have a win. They're probably out. Um, there's one other team down the bottom with them. And then it gets to the interesting parts to me. You take like the AAC. Memphis, if they run the table, lose the tournament, probably can make a good argument. They'd have to beat Vanderbilt to do that. Um, if they beat USF and don't beat Vanderbilt, maybe they're still sitting there if they lose that. And then South Florida, same situation. I'm not sure how many other teams are there. Santa Clara in the WCC, probably BYU, Pepperdine, maybe, but probably just BYU. And then the important one is the, you know, what ifs. What if St. Louis doesn't win the A-10? What if Georgetown doesn't win the Big East? What if Memphis runs the table and doesn't win the AAC? That's three out of 19 bits. So that you can put those teams back into it. But in the end, where we are, we got a month to go. You know, if you say there's 19 bids, eight looking like sure things, 21 other teams in the mix. And then if those three mid-majors don't win their tournaments, make it 24 for 11 bids, know that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are going to shrink. You're already down to 16, 17 teams for 11 bids that'll take care of themselves. So, um, first of all, fantastic work. I mean, it's, it's, I'm sure it took, took some time and, and an effort. It took to, like five to minutes, that, really. But, <laughs> okay. Um, but can I, can I take exception to one team? Oh, yes. Just <laughs> pick all you'd like. The Todd is the picker. You and Matt are the nitpickers. <laughs> For me, like like Stanford, I, I take exception to Stanford at this point. Like, um, I look, I know, I know the name on the front of the jersey, um, but the body of work at the moment does not put them uh, for me in that position. Now, again, they've they've had some good results, and uh, but they're four and two at this point. Um, they got big games left, right? I mean, they got Cal coming on uh, on the weekend. They've got uh, UCLA. They've got USC. Uh, they've got big games to play yet. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I agree on in the moment. I'm not trying to be Joe Lenardi yeah. on this one. I'm going a little more on history. Here's what I think about college women's soccer. Penn State's going to win the Big Ten nine out of ten years. North Carolina, Florida State's going to win the ACC 19 out of 20 right now. <laughs> I think Virginia won once a little yeah. while ago. Maybe someone yeah. tied them somewhere else, but 19 out of 20. Back in the day, a and the SEC has become quite a bit more balanced in the Big 12, but they're only more balanced because they don't have national championship contenders in those two leagues. Yeah. And then out west, you got the Pac-12, and it's really been Stanford for as good as Southern Cal and UCLA are. It's yep. really Stanford wins the league every year. Yep. So, um. I'm giving them a special exception of 
unless they have the U remember UCLA a few years ago went under 500, I guess yeah. maybe six, seven years ago now, yeah. maybe they could have that one, but yeah. I'm just like grandfathering them and uh, right. fair, enough. fair enough. trying to get so moving. We'll see. It'd be interesting, yeah. interesting, interesting to see how this changes next week and, and the week after. And, uh, you know, if we start getting closer or further away from, from having it, uh, having it all sorted out and then, your final number, we'll see how that matches up against against what the committee does. Oh, that'd be fun, won't it? That's a yeah. great idea. Sure. Love this segment. Yeah. So, Highly entertaining. Uh, may, may I speak now, Chris? Or now you get a chance. Pause? I would just say this, guys. How wonderful is it that we're discussing this? That we're discussing teams that are going to get in and not get in, or as opposed to are we going to play? How many games are going to play? Is anybody going to get to play? What's the, you know, how many teams are going to be out? I mean, we're really we're kind of up and rolling there's certainly there's been some teams that <clears throat> games have changed and so on and so forth. But as a whole, um, that we're most teams are playing are getting able to play. There's been some that have struggled a little bit here, but some majority, some, yeah. some, some, some Chris, <laughs> but, and some are going to struggle. Like what's going on at Duke? Like we got yeah. issues at Duke now. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we have issues Washington at the State. Naval Academy yeah. and there's some areas is Washington state. There's some teams and issues, but as a whole, the sport is up and running um, yep. and we're able to, we're, we're looking very much more and more and more that we're going to get this tournament in. Yeah. For sure. Well, uh, Brian, really I need you to... if, uh, if you look at like the big 10, you know, while you can look at it from the outside and say, Oh, they're tying everyone. That's gonna be hard for the committee to pick who's the best teams, but for the, for the teams in the league, only playing these league games, there is a side of that. That's really fun. And for me, really fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, from afar. I mean, I guess yeah. for the coaches, sometimes it could be painful with every game yeah. being so close, yeah. but when, when you eliminate all the kind of rent a win type games, that makes for a, a super fun table to track. All right. I need your uh, team of the week, Brian. I have two. So you go first and hopefully you choose one. Well, I'm not going to choose one because my team of the week is COVID. Oh, COVID is the team of the week. Um, <laughs> The COVID has won a number of games here recently um, and, and is undefeated against SMU at this point. Um, so I'm going with COVID as my team. I like your week. team of the week. Your team of the week sucks, Chris. Sucks. <laughs> well, it, you know, in 2020, 21, COVID's MVP of the league, probably, yeah. if we're going just effect on sports. Um across the board all right i had two and then i'll pick one santa clara thought a huge win over byu you know a season maker in a short season like this but i'm gonna give it to oklahoma state for that win over north texas and really backing up the win over st louis it's a power five team that volunteered to go play two of the toughest mid-majors in the country on the road and back-to-back -back weeks pulled off overtime winners um you know just great character great coaching from colin and justin and, and their crew uh so that's my team of the week very good. I think that's a good choice for sure. All right, Brian. Yep. Oh, Brian, hey, I got to say, we started off well. We started off well, and, and this segment was excellent. Not a lot of screaming and yelling and depth. And then that's because you, know, you I missed, on mute. Yeah, me and mute actually will help in Brian's segment. I think that's a good point, Chris. Uh, well, what do you think about Nicole coming up, Brian? I'm uh, Nicole, Renaissance woman. I think that's a very appropriate uh, description. You know, Nicole's one of those people where you meet her, you talk to her for five minutes, you get, you, you immediately see what an intelligent person she is. She's always a great conversation one-on-one -on -one or in the group. And 
I am sure she can spin a yarn about you two. So I love yeah, I love the guests that have worked with the two of you together because the first thing they do when they come on is just laugh. Oh gosh, here I am again. <laughs> well, so. I, I do take I do. It is interesting that you said she's this intelligent person after five minutes. She did come back to work for work for Chris, left and came back to work for Chris. So it does <laughs> really bring in right. some question really marks right. on her decision making. Maybe not her intelligence, but her decision making to come back. But anyway, yeah, we're looking well, forward and, to chatting with her. And most importantly, when she goes through her story, maybe ask her for the time she blossomed. You can you yes, can blossomed put in off. your, your blossoming off, blossomed off. Blossomed off. <laughs> You, you could share you, know, you blossomed between the Coast Guard and UCF and Auburn. You know, Brian, when, when you become a co-host to a, a <laughs> famous podcast, we'll see how many times you might screw up a word or two. It happens to the happens to all of Dan Lebertard isn't always perfect. <laughs> all right. I think all right, he got Brian. canceled recently. All right. See you. Yeah. yeah. See, ya. see you, Brian. Okay, Chris. I've been excited for this. Listen. We've had this this person on the list here since the very beginning as we wanted to get her, and it's taken us 24 weeks to finally schedule her. Our scheduling people, her scheduling people, COVID, yeah. it's been a, been a disaster. But I couldn't be more happy to bring in one of my good friends and your good friends, Nicole Nelson, to the show. Nellie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm excited to join you, too, and see your smiling faces. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, it's always fun to, to bring in Chris's former assistant, so we'll get into plenty of that. But do what we like to do with all of our guests is give us just a little path. Uh, and you, you to me, have a really, really interesting path of kind of, um, you know, where you started and now really where you are and, and kind of what's going on. Sure, I'm happy to. So I started my, I started coaching actually when I was still in college. Um, you know, as, as you'll see kind of throughout my career, this, the teaching has always been part of, of what I do. And so I started obviously with summer camps and, and, you know, club teams. And when I was trying to figure out what I want to do after college, once I made the commitment to, to coach college soccer, I was, I was hooked. And um, I went to, I took a uh, job at Stephen F. Austin as an assistant at 25 sight unseen in Nacogdoches. <laughs> and uh, I say that lovingly, Nacogdoches, yes. Texas. And um, as it has gone really through my career, I had the opportunity a year later to become the head coach at Stephen F. Austin at 26. So I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I um, hadn't really had any, any mentors as coaches at that point. Um, you know, I reached across sports and, and um, kind of saw what women's basketball was doing and some other sports, but I was fortunate in hiring a really good assistant in Jaime Frias, and we figured it out. We had some success at, at SFA and I knew once I, I became head coach at, at SFA, I knew I, I wanted to coach at a higher level at some point to really be able to recruit the best players in the nation and, and all of that. So uh, a few years in, I started looking at how I could get some of that experience that, that I felt like I was lacking. And I, it didn't take long to look around the state and, and see other programs. And so I um, actually, George Van Linder offered me a job at Baylor as an assistant. So I made the jump into the Big 12, knowing I would learn a lot in a, um, a larger conference and big schools. And then just a year later, Chris um, offered me the job at Texas. And that was a no brainer with who he was in the game and, and knowing what I would learn from him. So I went to Texas and um, I was fortunate to come in at a time where also you came in. 
<laughs> and we had a, a great staff, but we also had a great couple of years. And being a, a young female kind of in the game that had had some success, I was, um, you know, just two years after being at Texas, I was offered the uh, head job at OU. Went to OU as the head coach, was there for uh, four seasons and left OU to then join Chris again at, at SMU as the assistant and end up staying as the assistant for nine years at SMU. So it has, I think everyone's coaching path is, is quite different. I was really fortunate, I think, to have those opportunities at, at the stages in my career that, that I did. And um, yeah, that's, and so I was with Chris and, and as, you know, as I, and we'll get into some of this, I'm sure later, but as I really reflected, you know, when I left OU on, you know, things that we did really well, things I could have done better, kind of lessons sure. learned. One of the things that, that came to me then, honestly, is, man, we just don't really have a lot of development outside of the X's and O's, which is, is what I'm coaching now, is what I consider what I'm coaching now. Um, so, you know, we were, we were building the program there and, and I think it was, uh, I know for me uh, and for Chris, of course, but I really having felt like I didn't quite get to finish, you know, we had done some things well to you, but I didn't, didn't get to finish really getting the culture right. I felt like it's something that I really wanted to be part of at SMU is that, that we lay a, a really strong foundation for a great, great culture. And we did, I feel like we did. I felt really, really good about, you know, where the program was at and the type of people that were involved. And, um, but obviously as the coaching wheel goes, you know, there's a kind of a time limit on everything and, and I'm driven and, and I felt like it was time for me to go kind of lead something of my own again. So as opportunities presented themselves over the last few years in the, in the coaching realm, one of the things I had to keep coming back to is, okay, where am I willing to go now? And, and what parts of the job are, re are really still fueling my passion? And so um, just a year ago, time seems crazy with COVID, but a year ago, I made the decision to step out of coaching um, or soccer coaching and really move full-time into to what I call these crucial competencies coaching and and coaching the stuff beyond the X's and O's. So I, um, you know, I, I stepped away from the program. I'm, I started just to kind of back up. I started about six, seven years ago. They were rolling out a, um, a new degree plan at SMU. And it's a sport performance leadership degree. And one of the things they did when they were rolling this, this program out, the director, David Bertram, was really smart to go around and, and meet with coaches. And so long story short, I they hadn't considered at all the role of technology in modern day coaching. And they were looking at what, what kind of skills these future coaches need coming out of the program. So I, um, uh, he asked me if I would design the class and teach it. So I started teaching at SMU really seven years ago in the spring, uh, obviously just taught in the spring with our schedule and, but I really enjoyed it. And some of the things that I really enjoyed is, is, you know, interacting with other athletes outside of, of just soccer. There's a, a lot of student athletes in this degree um, and feeling like I was impacting them, like coaching future coaches, impacting them and, and their future careers in a positive manner. So um, I stepped away a year ago. I started, I took on another class at SMU, really dove, dove more into um, the, back into the academia a little bit. 
And um, so I've got a couple, I'm teaching a couple classes at SMU now. I'm, I'm also involved with the University of Technology, Sydney, which is um, an online master's in high performance sport, developing and, and teaching part of a course there. And then I started my business, uh, an LLC in um, coaching. So it's, it's Nelson High Performance Consulting and Crucial Competencies Coach. And it's really focused on, on all of this stuff outside the X's and O's, this the things that empower humans to flourish, which is really, I mean, Chris can tell you because I've been with him for so many years and you know this, it's where what I've always enjoyed the most mm -hmm. is the relational aspect of it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at today. Love it. So real quick, Chris, before I know you got a question, but um, one of the parts you said in there, Nelly, that I think you underestimated was you said, you know, I'm kind of driven. Like, that is a huge understatement. Uh, you are one of the most driven people I've ever yeah, known. Bit. So I just thought that was kind of funny that you brushed over that, but that is uh, yeah. an understatement to say the least. All right, Chris, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. So um, before we get into the, the new business venture, um, I, just, I wanted to ask a little bit about, um, you know, you, you going into the classroom and, and teaching and its connection to what you did on the field mm -hmm. and, and how, you know, what did you pull from sort of your, your experiences as a soccer coach and how did you apply them into the classroom? Because usually it goes the other way around, doesn't it? Usually yes. like you take the theory and then you, you put it on the field, you had it on the field and now you're going more towards the theory. Yeah, absolutely. I think first and foremost, it impacted just um, my awareness of how I was teaching on the field, how I was communicating on the field. Um, you know, not, and again, just different. I think I've had an interest in learning styles, psychology behind what we do, um, all of that for a long time. You know, my undergraduate is in, in psychology, one of them is in psychology. Um, but it, I really looked at um, trying to approach things on the field less from a telling standpoint and more from a, how can I get them to the end? And how can I get them to answer the questions themselves so that it's retained in a different way? Um, you know, and, and kind of on that, Chris, and as you know, I was fortunate to have a lot of support from the head coach at SMU and in these <laughs> other endeavors to, to satisfy my that drive. That must have been nice. Nelly, that must have been nice. I don't know what that was <laughs> to like. To satisfy my drive along the <laughs> well, way. Well, that's because I like her. I, <laughs> yes, I like yeah, her. No surprise. <laughs> but I, what I also did is, is go back into the classroom as a student and work on another master's in conflict navigation and, and leadership coaching, really. And so diving back into to academia from that perspective, like, the social science uh, theory and models and, and research and the, um, the behavior research that's out there, that's when I feel like even during that time, I was able to, to apply even more to the field and how I, how I get feedback, when I get feedback, um, how I approach players, you know, all of that. So if I heard this right, you said something about another undergraduate degree and a second master's. <laughs> So that's four that I've counted so far. <laughs> Maddie, between me and you, we barely got two. I'm <laughs> four. Again. Yes, and my guess yes. is there's probably five and six coming. Yeah, I, I exactly. Some point. Point. Um, if I find something that interests me enough, there might be a yeah, surprise. Uh, Are you going back for another one? 
Am I going back for another one? You know, yeah. it's funny. Jen asked me that this weekend. She said, would you want to go back and say, I said, hell no. <laughs> I go back into the classroom. I hardly made it out the first time. All right. uh, You're not Nelly. welcome back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no chance I'm getting in. Uh, Nelly, uh, talk to me about athletes as students as they compare to each other. In other words, you know, you've obviously dealt with the athletes a lot. And I know in a lot of your classes, you have athletes, but when you have the regular student, quote unquote, regular, um, is there correlations? Is there differences? Obviously, I'm, I am very fortunate at Ole Miss. We have really good academic, my, my, our student athletes are really good academically. So, but when you come across the normal student um, or the regular student, what, what's that like? Is it similar? Is there differences? What do you see in, in, when, when, you, when you're working with them? Well, the level of student at SMU is pretty high across <laughs> yeah, the board, yeah, I can yeah. tell you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having been at a number of universities, it is, it's one of the things that I loved about SMU is it, it is a really intimate learning environment. Um, to your question, you know, differences in, in kind of the, um, the non-student athlete student and a student athlete student. Across sports, there's obviously differences. You know, they all come... And again, this probably applies to the regular student. They all come in with different backgrounds, different, mm -hmm. different. Um, you know, they come in from different levels of, of education. So, um, you know, the one thing you see, obviously, as you know, with student athletes is there is a um, there's a discipline, there's a drive, there's an awareness for um, being part of a team and, you know, kind of being part of some a, a collective, something bigger mm -hmm. that obviously you know, I, I can't, I can't really answer whether they have, whether regular students have that in, in kind of the organizations they're, they're part of on campus. But, um, you know, there's, it's been, the level of student is, is really enjoyable. Um, I would say that teaching the content that I'm teaching to future coaches. So one class is, is, um, you know, a technology and sport class and the other class is a coaching seminar special topics, which really is leading and managing high performance sport. I'd say that their appetite for this stuff is really good because they have a desire to apply it. Mm. So they are, um, they're into it. You know, I think they, they're engaged, they make it better. So I, I really enjoy being in the classroom. So the second, the second class is what, tell me, give me the name of that again just leading it it's it's pretty much what my business is mm -hmm. is being built on it's leading and managing in high performance sport outside of the x's and o's so, so all the other things that allow humans to flourish you know the intra the interpersonal that stuff so let me ask you this you know i'm checking my email my text i've not yet re received a request from you to speak to your class oh. over zoom or something like that i'm just oh, it's coming. surprised it's coming now. i'm surprised <laughs> surprised at that you know knowing the the chemistry culture background that I have. No, just kidding. And the SMU kids would be like, what is this guy doing on here? <laughs> you're right, you're in, in the future, you can bet. Yeah, There's only, right. That was a new class in the fall and, uh, and CPU was in. Uh, um, I can't fill it with all guest speakers, but you are in and don't <laughs> think that when it comes to culture and cohesion that you don't have some things to share because you do. Uh, and we're going to use uh, exact stories about how you do it. Yeah, well, no, you don't have to say that just because you're on CSN, but I appreciate it. I do. All right. <laughs> I'm Go ahead. All right, so, Chris. Nelly, let, I, I want to get into a little more detail about this, this business venture because, you know, you've, you've talked about it a little bit here, but, but let's get really specific. So I'm a coach. Um, what can you do for me? 
I can help you. I can, I can educate you in a realm of personal development skills that are, have nothing to do with the X's and O's in leadership itself, which is self-awareness, self-regulation, emotional IQ, social IQ, uh, leadership uh, of others when it comes to, you know, again, communication, awareness of different personalities and different backgrounds and, and how you need to, to communicate with them. Uh, critical conversations that come up all the time that can or cannot become conflict. How to just ideas on, hey, have you thought about approaching it this way? Now, again, people like you that have a lot of good experience, um, there, there may be areas that, that I focus with, you know, younger coaches that have a little less experience and more experienced coaches, you know, that'll, that'll be a little bit different, but as far as the content, I've kind of chunked it into these categories, leadership of self. I could break that down some for you, leadership of others, a relationship management, building and management, and then building cohesive teams and what that looks like. So what I've done, obviously I have you know, experience kind of in the trenches doing it. But then I've really evaluated all of the theory and research that's been done on these type of to topics and this content um, and, and looked at, okay, now how does that apply to high performance sport, really? You know, I mean, because again, as many would, uh, including yourself, sometimes this content could be, a, could be considered a little bit of fluff, like, or, and I say this all the time with coaches, the time we have, uh, we need to know that if we're going to invest some time in some continuing education or, or developing a skill set, that it's good. We're going to see some results from it, that it's going to move people forward. So that's what we're looking at is, you know, we take it, take an assessment of some sort, review that assessment. And again, a personality assessment, emotional IQ, any of these, it, the, the point of an assessment is just reflection and kind of a starting point for the conversation then okay now how can we in, in how can we um apply this to your specific environment what are the challenges in your environment and and again that's where this executive leadership coaching training comes in is it shifted i think my mindset on approach to these type of of conversations it's not me telling them how to do it it's me helping them figure out how they could improve that in their environment. Hmm. That's uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, what, what's the a typical program that you would do? Is it you know a certain amount of hours or a certain amount of days or like how does that work? So those um, those three kind of chunks categories that I just went through, those would be six. And again, all of this, there is flexibility sure. with any of this, where right? it can be curtailed to, to a coach or his program or her program. And, um, but it would be six sessions. Like it's a six, it's a workshop of six sessions. It can be scheduled around their schedule. A lot of it I've built, obviously these courses are all built online. And so I've built it, it into where I can share um, virtually. You know, all of it can be done virtually right now until we can meet in person again. Um, but my awareness, I think what's probably a little bit unique is my awareness of what the schedule is and what the day-to-day -day is. So I know that you're not going to block eight hours, you know, for a, and it's, to me, it's been one of the, um, the things that I, I thought 
could be done better is really that type of continuing education for us is, you know, it might not be where our mind frame is at on that day. So the flexibility of applying it, taking them through it when it's, it's, um, it fits their schedule is, is really what I'm looking to do. So those would be six session. We could extend it um, longer if we needed the one-on-one -on -one consultation, you know, that there's, again, there's adaptability with all of the program. If you need just a piece of it, it might just be three sessions for you individually. It might be that you want, you know, three sessions for you and three sessions with your team. Um, but there, I have kind of packaged it as, as three work, different workshops and you can, whatever you think you need. Chris, What's Chris needs, Chris needs the whole thing. Maybe two, <laughs> two rounds of it. <laughs> what is the, uh, What's the target audience for you? Coaches, high performance sports. So coaches, athletic administrators, and athletes. And, and when I say athletes, I mean, obviously college athletes aren't going to be funding this. It would be working with teams in the college setting, but professional athletes. Because again, what I have learned from testing this content in the classroom is there's a real appetite for this stuff. You know, if you start talking about helping them develop, like helping them develop their leadership framework. What is my why? And it doesn't have to be that statement, but what is my purpose statement? A statement that says, this is clearly who I am, what I'm passionate about so that I can impact the world in this way. That's kind of what a why statement is. Then, um, okay, now let's bring some awareness to our biases. We all have biases. We all have blind spots in our, in our leadership styles and, and communication. So let's bring some awareness to what our biases are and, and how we might be able to, um, to improve those biases. Same thing with the, back to, you know, self-awareness and kind of some regulation around, okay, you know, I speak from experience. When I'm, um, when I'm a little bit triggered, my communication might go to this versus this. Mm. Or when I'm in an emotional state, which we are often, Right. I yeah. mean, what we do is intense and, and results matter. And and um, so it's it's looking at how can they just, you know, take these little pieces and try to apply it, come back and say, hey, this worked. That didn't work. What's your next suggestion on on applying that content? I like that. One, one more oh, question. Matt. Come on, Chris. I'm so sorry. excited for a lot of this. I got, oh, I got I, money. Yes. Yeah. And you got you got the run after I'm done. OK, but I, I do have one more. <laughs> Um, just as we're as we're on this, you keep using the term high performance coaching or high performance sports. I'm sorry. Right. Define that for me, if you would. College pro, not that I wouldn't work with high school teams, um, but again, where my experience has been is the realm that that I would like to stay in. Uh, you know, I mean, again, this type of coaching has really become popular in all industries, right? There's executive coaching, mentoring, all that in, in many industries. But I would like to keep it in a sport environment, mainly because I love sport and competition as much as I do and because it's where I feel like my unique niche is. Okay, great. All yours, Matt. Go ahead. Fire away. <laughs> First of all, I wrote down when I am triggered. I like that, Nelly. I like that term. <laughs> I like that term. I do get triggered from time to time. <laughs> I can't wait to my stuff that. And then number two, when you were talking earlier, so as I was understanding, again, remember, very simple mind here with Matt. Like you're talking about helping coaches 
So when you have your players and you may have, like I had a player um, back in the day that, you know, if I looked at her, she started to tremble or God forbid, I, I, I yelled at her. She would just shut down. Right. That's because you're mean. You're just playing. No, mean. no, no. I wouldn't yell at her. If I to spoke to her in a loud volume, she'd <laughs> shut down. Right. And you were triggered when you were yes, triggered. So I, <laughs> so I had to be really careful on, on how I approached her. Then I would have another, I had another player from Wisconsin who was tough as nails, one of the toughest kids ever. I could, I, when I was triggered, I could yell at her and do whatever <laughs> I wanted. And she would respond to that, almost wanted that type of response. So that's kind of what you were talking about at the, the first part of, of something that you talk Cause I think coaches need that. Cause I think so many coaches think I'm going to coach the same, every kid the same way. And that's just so, in my opinion, wrong. Yes. You're spot on on your interpretation. That, nice. Do, Hear that Chris? Think, spot on. I do think <laughs> uh, yeah, just bringing more awareness and a little bit of education, because again, some people just, you don't know, we don't know what we don't know. Right. We know mm -hmm. it. Um, as you know, as again, I experienced through my career, like there were times that I was in over my head and had I had some of this knowledge and the skill set, I would have navigated some things probably a little bit better. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. You know, there's, there's different personality types, traits, tendencies, people need to be communicated with in, in a different manner. Everyone has different drivers, mm -hmm. uh, exactly what you said. So communication style in those environments um, with different individuals is exactly what I'm talking about. Perfect. All right. My next question I have for you, I just have two, I have two more. It looks like. Um, all right. So I think, you know, obviously we have a lot of coaches that listen to the, the show, at least we think we do. Um, and you have such an interesting past because assistant coach, head coach, assistant coach, assistant coach, head coach, assistant coach, you know, so I, I don't know how I would do going back to being not back, but going to being an assistant coach after being a head coach full time. Right. Obviously you can do it when you go with ODP teams or national teams or whatever, but how was that transition for you doing, going from those different skill sets kind of back and forth. And obviously you're super successful at, at every one of those stops. So, and you were able to manage it, but how was that? What was that like? Well, I thought about this a number of times, you know, it, it's, very interesting because your perspective, my perspective was different every time mm -hmm. I took one of those, right? My experience was different. I was seeing it through a little bit of a different lens, but it's real easy. Chris is probably the only person I would have gone back to being an assistant for. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that because this is your show, you two. It's, <laughs> he, he, I really do think one of the things that he has done so well over all the years is he adapts, he changes, he's constantly look, looking for ways to develop you as a coach, to push you. Um, and again, he, he gives you the autonomy to run with, with your areas and, and to feel like you have, you know, uh, that like your, your voice is, is heard mm -hmm. and that your perspective is considered. And so, I mean, now the other thing is, so obviously though, having been a head coach, you, a couple of things. I have been a head coach. So when we're debating this, that, whatever, right, we're different perspectives as your staff coming up with the best approach for, for your team. Um, one of the things having been a head coach is I, I felt pretty comfortable in that I knew when he got to the point of, okay, the decision's been made and it was, it was his decision to make, I could easily respect that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but the reality is, you know, there you do, having been a head coach, I did want to be in the lead some. 
that's where I went out and, and kind of satisfied it with the teaching and, and some other things with, with Chris's support. I was fortunate. So one, I don't think I could have just been an assistant again for anyone. Okay. Two, um, I don't think that I could have, have done it for that amount of time had he not allowed me to, to really go satisfy these things in, in some other areas to, to kind of have something to create and lead on my own. Sure. It's great. All right. This is my last one. Um, last question, then we're going to let you just talk a little bit more about your, um, your program or your uh, company. But give me your favorite moment from working at UT coaching with Chris and I. Oh. I mean, it's hard to just get one. I know. I know there's many. Any come to yeah, mind? There are, there are a lot. There are a lot. One that comes to mind for me. I mean, obviously, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of success mm-hmm. in those years. But we, one one that stands out is. You, got, you guys first, conspired on this, I'm sure. No, we did not. We did not. We have not conspired at all. But yeah. Matt's first weekend on the road at Texas with us. Mm-hmm. I had been mm-hmm. there. Um, and and Matt and I, after a- I was a hoping tough, this was the one you are going with. <laughs> a tough Auburn loss, trying to um, find a way to navigate a very critical conversation with Chris mm-hmm. on what the rest of our season looked like. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. No, and I do remember that whole thing. And I, and I remember that you know, I made sort of an outrageous statement that proved you to did. be wrong, right? Yes. But you know what else I remember about that, Matt? What's that? What's that? Uh, I remember before we played that game, you <laughs> singing on the bus. I hardly even knew you. And you took over the microphone and started singing, right? <laughs> the day before the game, yeah. the devil went down to yeah. Georgia, right? And, yeah. and then we lost. Yeah. And um, I never sang again, did I? Never sang again. And a number of the players blame the loss on your singing. <laughs> one player, Chris. Well, well hold on. Chris's proclamation was that one of our players would who, who by the way, listens time. all the time. So, Oh, good. So she'll know who we're talking about. Never would score all year. And she became first team All-American and like was one of the leaders in the countries in goals scored. And we ended up having a fantastic year. But Chris's proclamation was, you know, we were never going to do anything. So well, let me just say this. Nelly and I had to navigate that. I like that word, Nelly, because Chris was triggered. triggered. Chris yeah. was triggered. When you're triggered, you say something you shouldn't say. Okay? Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, God. That was good times. All I remember is um, I was in the hospital, and my wife was giving birth to my uh, my youngest son, and I was talking to Nelly, interviewing with Nelly while I was in the waiting room um, trying to get the job there in Texas. It was crazy, crazy times, but... Nelly, give us a few minutes, just the last few minutes on uh, on kind of where you're headed with the, with the, with the business and, and those kind of things, if you don't mind. No, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. So as I said, there's um, there's kind of a consulting side to it and this teaching of these crucial competency side. And, and the crucial competency side is more packaged programming, as I just mentioned, that that can be, again, there's flexibility with how, how it's approached and, and um, when how, what, what period of time you, you finish it, all that type of stuff. But it's pretty set content. Um, and then the consulting side is very flexible. It can be one-on-one coaching with, with coaches. It can be coming in and, and speaking to a team. It can be doing a one-time session with a team on a specific topic um, that, again, falls under the, this type of content. Um, and 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's so again, Nelson High Performance Consulting and Crucial Competencies Coach. The website, we have had a few setbacks on, on the, the website going live, but it's, it's very close. So by the end of the month or early next month, my, um, my email is up and running, Nicole at Nelson HBC. Social media is, is up and running. So uh, again, Nelson underscore HPC on, on social media. So I am doing work with, with some groups now. I'm doing work with a number of individuals. So it's, it's coaching. It's leadership yeah. coaching, really. That's awesome, Nelly. There's no doubt in my mind it will be successful. If, uh, if I had some money, to, if I could bet, I'm in the NCAA, so I can't bet. But if I could bet, I would put money on this is going to be a successful venture for you. And, and uh, it sounds awesome and good for you. I'm so, I'm so glad it's going well. I sure appreciate you guys uh, having me on. <laughs> There's no doubt it's it's going to take off for you. I think it's a uh, it's a uh, an area that um, that people need for sure. Uh, and I don't know that there's anybody out there who'd be better to teach it than you. So, to any you know, we got plenty of people out there who are listening who who are thinking about you know how can I make myself better? How can I make my my team better? Uh, this is this is the route I would go for sure. And absolutely be sure to get in touch with Nicole on because um, she'll do a great job for you. Yep. And if you need it down the road later on, you don't have it. Certainly email Chris or I, we can get you in touch with Nellie, Nicole, Nellie Nelson. Thanks so much for coming on the show. It took us 24 weeks, but we finally got you locked in on uh, college soccer nation. So say thanks so much for coming on. I sure appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right, Nicole. See ya. All right. We are clear. Good job, Nelly. Thank you. You two teed yes. it up nice. Thank you so much. <laughs> In three, two, one. Okay. Enjoyed that uh, conversation with Nicole, but now it's uh, it's time to move on, Matt. Um, yep. What, what are you looking forward to this week? Yeah, we're back playing. Uh, we got a game on Sunday against uh, MTSU up there, so that'll be good. To get back and you know i i was able to watch a number of games this past weekend and through the week and you know i i really like i said i know and brian but it's nice that really everybody's up and running now at this point in some form or fashion for the most part and we're able to watch good games and you know the nice thing too and we didn't talk about this but espn you know having them all on espn yeah. and having them you know on what are their local whatever the pac-12 or the big 10 or conference USA, whatever it's just great to be able to the nowadays i mean kids don't realize how good they have it Absolutely. think about it. back in the day no games were on you were very mm -hmm. lucky there was no games on no twitter no nothing now we get updates you know instantly from the games and so it's just great to follow along it's great to be a part of college soccer chris that's what i'd say <laughs> <laughs> what do you got i tell you nicole inspired me she's like she has me all fired up it's such a good good interview go yeah. ahead what do we got well <laughs> um I hope, Matt. I don't want to jinx it because <laughs> we're 48 hours away from a game. Please. And we've been here. I think this is the fourth time that we've been this close and we haven't been able to pull it off. But we are scheduled to go leave for Philly tomorrow morning and play Temple on Wednesday. So obviously that's big for our kids because uh, I haven't counted the days, but, you know, it was the first of November last year is the last yeah. time, year before was the, the last four yeah so well and, and temple looks like they'll be a, a good side right they've done good well win over cincinnati that'd be a good yeah. game for you is snow still on the ground up there or is the snow cleared off i think the snow's cleared off but it, you know 
it was uh, close to 80 today at practice. It's not going to be 80 up there. No, like no, no, no. But I think that. it'll be okay. I, I think yep. it'll be fine. Our, our kids just want to play. So Absolutely. it should be fun. Yes, I think yeah, Temple be, will be fine. We'll make it very hard on this for sure. We got okay. some, looks like there's some good games out there this yeah. week. Uh, UCLA, USC. Yeah, USC, really USC kind of needs that, don't they? They, they, they do. Not that they, they need do. it, but it'd be a good game for them to get yeah. for sure. Uh, Washington and Washington State. If Washington State comes off their pause, um, yeah. that's a big, certainly a big game in that. Well, league. that's hard coming off of a two-week pause or whatever it's been into that team because they're yeah. obviously rolling. So. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Uh, our buddy Todd is a big game. Sanford against Furman. That's usually yeah you know, the top two teams in the league, is it not? Yeah, a lot of times it decides a championship, right? And I think Furman's four and zero, so they're rolling. Um, that's always a, a good, good battle. So good game, yeah. Yeah. Big Ten, Penn State, and Michigan. Michigan needs to get moving. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? I yep. mean, Penn State's done well, but Michigan needs to get get moving. Stanford and Cal, we talked earlier about Stanford. Um, Cal is certainly a, a good team, so we'll see what comes out of that one. So is this uh, – sorry, is this one game week for all of the Pac-12? They're all playing the travel partner? Yeah, because Arizona and Arizona State are playing too, I saw. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, back into our league, uh, Central Florida and South Florida is always a big rivalry. And, you know, Central Florida's that, that they need a win. They, you know, they, yeah, they, they do. A couple, of, a couple of Knicks here and there and South Florida uh, undefeated at the moment. Um, if Central Florida is going to stay in the race, they, they need a win there. Sure. Good week of games. Good week of games. coming. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, again, when this show goes out, our good friend Brian's playing A&M. That's so Rice right. versus A&M is right. tonight. Or... Right sold out. Sold out. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, all right, let's do it. A power five time, right? Power five time. This is a good one. I really, I'm really happy about my list. I don't, I hope we don't have crossovers, but when you look at the eighties, there's just, there were so many good movies. You'd hope to God we don't don't have similar ones. So many good movies. This was really hard, right? It is hard. And again, there's few that we threw out, right? Few that we, a few that we threw out that we've talked about in the show in different capacities. So you can't use them. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here we go. So the top 80s movies, our favorite 80s yep. movies or whatever. All right. Am I going first? You can go first this time. All sure. right. All right. So nice. All right. My number five. Shouldn't be any surprise to you. Rocky three. Good. Good. Yep. That's what's going to happen with all these movies. We're going to, oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> I don't see us doing a lot of fighting. <laughs> Obviously the clubber Lang, right. He beats yeah. them after, yeah. after the, uh, you know, you know, he was a champ, and then he went. Are, good, good move. Are yeah. you gonna have Rocky two and Rocky one on your list as well? And Rocky no, four? Rocky no, no, just Rocky three. Okay. I think Rocky four might have been nineties. I don't yeah. know that for sure though. Yeah. All right, you're number five. Okay, uh, it's going a little different direction, but okay. um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I loved it. I have no problems <laughs> with that. It was in consideration for mine. Almost made yeah. it. Very good. Great, yeah. great, entertaining movie. Yeah, no, no. Still watch it now and enjoy it, right? Absolutely, absolutely, hilarious. All right, my number four hits a little bit home for me, and you'll know why here in a minute. Number four, Stripes. You know, I I like that movie. I like that movie. I have some. I have the John Candy character. You know, I kind of feel with the military. We maybe have. And then the sergeant gets blown up. You know. (laughs) (laughs) I like terrible. Yeah, don't need John Candy. Kind of have some similarities in our (laughs) military background. So, all right, your number four, Raging Bull. Ooh, very good. That's the uh, a good, 
Yeah, good baseball. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's excellent movie. No, not Bull Durham, see. not Bull Durham, Raging Bull. Oh. Wait, is that the That's is the that Scorsese the boxing? boxing movie? Yes, boxing. Yeah, yes. oh, Scorsese. Yeah, I don't have a good familiar. I can't say I didn't really see that. All right. All right. I think I saw it once, but I don't have a good a good handle okay. on it. Okay, it was a good movie though. I know that for sure. All right, my number three. Yeah, classic. Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Michael J. Fox. It's good. It's good. You know, I'm back in 55, but how they came back and what was it like? It just happened like 2020 or something. I don't remember, but it's it's wild. It was a great movie. I, I watch every time it's on. No. My number three. <laughs> yeah. Scarface. Ooh. You've gone a little deeper than me. You've gone a little deeper. Sorry. I mean, it's just just a reflection of my personality. Yeah, oh, it is. It is. It is indeed. I agree with that. Kind of tough. All right, my number two, (laughs) Top Gun. You know, I consider that's a good movie. That's a good movie. I considered it. I considered it. I didn't go for it. You know, it was right in the wheelhouse of me in high school. You know the part where he sings to the girl? You never close your eyes. You know that part? Me yeah. and my cousin used to do that at the at the dances all the time. You and your didn't cousin work very well for us. Didn't work very well you, for us. You guys used to sing to each other. Is that what you used to do? No, we'd go up to a girl and be like, you know, and oh wait, and then break in, and I'd break in singing, and she'd walk away. Be like, you two are stupid. I wish I could have saw that. <laughs> Never oh, worked. God. Worked oh. good on the movie. Didn't work. Yeah. Didn't work with us. All right, your number two. Fatal Attraction. God, Chris, <laughs> did you ever have any enjoyment watching these movies? That movie was Ferris psychotic. Ferris Bueller's yes, it that was. movie is psychotic. It was. What was it entertaining? It was good. Yeah, yeah no, very good. <laughs> I didn't know that was eighties. I guess it probably was. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Well, we are showing our personalities with this one. Burn the All bunny. Right. You know, speaking boil of, the bunny or whatever it was. Yes. Speaking speaking of uh, personalities, my yeah. number one. Yeah. And it is, I think, still my favorite movie of all time, Rain Man. Oh, that's good. Dustin Hoffman. I, said, I mean, one of the best performances in the history of, yeah. of television, in my opinion. That's Great good. movie. Yeah. Loved it. My number one. Yeah. Yeah. What you got? My uh, number one, The Untouchables. That's uh, a mafia? Yeah. You know, Chicago, Al Capone, all that kind of stuff. I don't think I saw it. Come on. I'm sorry. I will watch it if it's a good no, movie. Really I love Mafia. It's really movies. good. It's really Untouchables. Good. Untouchables. I've I've heard of it. I have not seen it. Okay. Well, you got it. You need to yeah, pull it up tonight. Yeah, I will. I can't comment because I don't know it. After um, Brian's game, I can pull it up. Yeah, yeah. All right. So my five. Rocky three, Stripes, uh, Back to the Future, Top Gun, Rain Man. Your five. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Raging Bull, Scarface, Fatal Attraction, and The Untouchables. I can't believe you got Fatal Attraction in there. <laughs> I know. That's a good one. That's a uh, singer right there. It is a singer. It is a bit of a singer. I'm not going to lie. Um, all right. So we'll see. Let the voters vote. See how they do. Yeah, um, all interesting. Right. Yes. All right. My recommendations seem a little... It seems like we got some movies to watch. If you want to watch those, you can best watch those. But my two would be... <laughs> one would be Breaking Bad. I think is great. I actually, we have a girl in quarantine. I recommended it to her this, this week said, Hey, you got time. You're sitting around, pull up breaking bad. Um, start watching it. But the funny That's one, good. Ted Lasso. Study, you see, right? Yeah. She you didn't tell study. her to study. 
She's a good student. Good student. Uh, Ted Lasso. Have you seen that, Chris? Yeah. It's I pretty good. I haven't seen either. it. No. Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen heard it. it through, but I've seen, yeah, no, I've seen one or two shows of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Entertaining. Worth, worth the watch if you need some light humor with a good story. It's pretty good. Ted Lasso. All right. Let's make sure. Um, and, oh, wait. I have to. And, I'm, and the producer isn't on right now with us. But I do have to say um, another shout out to the picker. So I got to tell you this, Chris, we went to his lake house this past uh, oh. weekend. Jennifer and I did. We had the weekend off. Um, so I went up there for Friday night. And um, first of all, his lake house is brilliant in Smith Lake in Alabama. Um, it's beautiful, gorgeous. Right on the lake. It's been wonderful. We had a great time. But we've been busting on the picker some on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Chris, <laughs> this, this guy, the way he has decorated this house with, the, with just picking stuff, yeah, it's fascinating. It, it all fits. He really likes glass jars, but he has random signs. He has, uh, you name it, gas tanks. I can't even begin to like all this. Like, you know, he has, you know, those, uh, you know, if you're at a um, parking meter, the uh -huh. meter part of the parking meter, uh -huh. he has one of those <laughs> sitting there. Like it's couldn't be any more random, but it really works. It looks really cool. Yeah. Um, and then he has this picture that's like the size of a wall. Okay. And it's some old guy. It's not like anybody you, you know, recognize it's just some old guy, which is a pain. It's like the size of a wall. Like it's a, mm -hmm. it's gotta be 10 feet tall by six or seven feet wide. I don't see my wife decorating a house that way <laughs> with a parking meter. No, but at the lake house, <laughs> he's got an old scale. I got on the scale. I think I might've broke it, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got all this thing downstairs. He's got arcade games. It's it's brilliant. So anyway, I got to get the picker some love. We picked on him a lot on this show, but now the picking is making a lot of sense to me because he's he's decorating this place. It looks yeah. fantastic. It's now, did you crash his jet ski this time? I did not. I did not okay. touch any. Okay. I didn't break anything. Jen, okay. when we left, Jen said the cinema tech said, "Hey, Todd, we're leaving," and Matt didn't break anything. So <laughs> hopefully, we're starting a new streak. There you go. All right, Chris. Been a great, great show. I thought today Nelly great was show. awesome. Brian was very good um good power five not a lot of argument a lot of good quality movies some yeah. people think um so let's take it out and send us questions i thought the question segment was good at the beginning too so yeah. any questions please emails or emails are on that other than that um good luck good luck chris on wednesday we're pulling hard for you to get you. that game in start your uh, season off one and oh and um we'll be back at it next monday better than ever college station college soccer nation is out if you have questions for Coach Petroselli or Coach Mott, you can reach them at cpetroselli at mail.smu.edu or mmott at olemiss.edu. College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and available on all your fine podcast outlets. Download it, give a review, tell a friend.